everyone. It's Matt. And I'm Kyle. And we're the Casual Tutors. Coming back at you again this week with another lighthearted, shorter episode, just kind of discussing some decks that Kyle's building, uh, kind of some takes that, you know, I might have as he covers those. And, you know, maybe a little bit of news here or there. Sorry about last week. I know we promised two episodes. We got you that one early in the week, and then things kind of fell apart with our schedules again, which is seems to be the norm these days. Uh, we're, we're working the best we can to make sure we're back on our regular Thursday release schedule for you guys. We do appreciate all the likes and listens. Um, you know, sorry again that we hit, you know, a little bit spacey here or there, but we're not going anywhere. We promise we're going to keep doing this thing. And, you know, as long as you guys keep listening to us, we do appreciate it a lot. A little bit more housekeeping on top of that. We, you know, kind of same story as always, brokered record here, but, you know, hit up our social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Casual Tutors. We have a Discord where we love interacting with you guys. Now that I'm away so often for work down um, on my forest district, trying to get more spell table games in with everybody, get, you know, some commander feel going on and, you know, just interacting with everybody. We we love it. You know, I do post memes on TikTok that I think are funny. So hopefully you can check those out, sub, and hopefully you think they're funny as well. But without much further ado, you know, we're going to jump right into this episode. So, Kyle, you have a couple brand new decks that you've been working on? Yeah. So I'm going to start with Joyra, Weatherlight Captain. What's the theme of this deck? Uh, I built her as Is It Planeswalkers. Instead of just doing like Joyra good stuff, I mean, Joyra is a good commander to begin with, but I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to build a Planeswalker deck. I don't want to build the, the typical Super Friends deck, you know, in, in a Traxa or something like that. So, so yeah, so I built her Planeswalkers and it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of blue, red Planeswalkers, so it wasn't too hard to find them, but there's a lot that depend on creatures. Surprisingly, I I did not expect that. I had to play around with that. There's also a lot that depend on instants and sorceries. And while there are instants and sorceries in the deck, obviously it's a Walker deck. So it's not focusing on that. Yeah. I imagine, you know, red and blue. I already shot the top of my head. I know there's a ton of different walkers and kind of the diversity and game plans with those planeswalkers, I imagine is pretty broad, you know, but you already mentioned creatures and spell casting and sorceries and stuff like that. But I mean, there's all kinds of oddballs from sets like, Forgotten Realms and Baldur's Gate that, you know, care about scrying and, you know, the top card of your library's mana cost. And, you know, I'm sure there's just a rabbit hole you can go down with different directions to take it. Speaking of that, uh, one of my favorite planeswalkers in the deck is Mordenkainen from Mm -hmm. Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Tons of fun to play with. Uh, A lot of the walkers that end up being really good in this deck are the ones that make tokens, obviously, like, like a lot of walker decks. Um, just as protection, just to give you an example, there's only nine creatures in the deck. And I imagine it's probably the typical ones that either double counter with the end of the battlefield, stuff like that. It's Chandra and Jace in their origins cards. And then there's some things like deep glow skate, which double the counter spark double, which comes in as a copy of a planeswalker. And then I've got the two new dominuses, the, the red and the blue one. Uh, the red one's surprisingly uh, good, especially with all the Chandras and Sarkins in the deck. Yeah, just shooting out and then doubling the damage, the non-combat damage. Yep. And then niv at Perun for some extra damage, especially with the dozen Jaces that are in the deck, get all that card draw damage in. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely a good strategy. I guess right out the gate, uh, without hearing too much more about the deck, immediate mistake, it's not Jeskai. 
and and <laughs> I have heard from you many times that I should add white, but I I build a lot of decks with white mana in it, and I'm trying to stray away from building decks with white mana right now. I don't know why you would ever want to diversify. Yeah, well, I did notice that there's a mistake. I don't know. I can't remember what I replaced it in, but my deck list online still has Fires of Invention in it, which I removed after the first game and put something else in. So I'm going to have to take a look at the deck and figure out what I did. Yeah, that's uh, always fun. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's fairly simple. There are quite a few, not, a, not a ton, I guess, but quite a few newer cards from all will be one, just because there were so many that cared about counters. Um, all will be one is in the deck, which is awesome in this deck. I mean, dealing damage yeah, whenever counters, counters are put on planeswalkers. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of, I, I had a ton of fun with red damage board wipes, things like star storm, electro dominance, blasphemous act, just because obviously Walker based, you know, right. So that the damage based board wipes to creatures, uh, works really well in this deck. Other than that, I mean, not too crazy. Finally found a place to put my mox Amber. I think it's pretty, pretty good deck to put that in. Yeah. Checks out lots of legendaries for you. Yeah. But yeah. Seems very similar to my two-color Planeswalker deck, which has Karth the Lion as the commander and Golgari. And obviously, you know, Golgari is similarly limited. There's, well, I think there's definitely less Planeswalkers in black and green, but a lot of it is focused on things like Nissa, where you get all your land interactions, Garooks, where you're making beasts, destroying creatures, and doing Garooky things, getting tokens that overrun for you, or uh, emblems that overrun for you. And then you know, we got a lot of cool tools now with Veraska, especially the new Veraska. Super excited. I haven't put her in the deck, but she's on the radar to do that whenever I get around to actually, you know, building decks again. Well, and that's what I think is so cool about building these two color Walker decks is they feel very much like those color combinations, right? This deck does a lot of like pinging damage, a lot of like direct damage, and a lot of card draw. The Gogari one does a lot of like land stuff and graveyard stuff and death stuff like they feel like their colors you know what i mean yeah no i i love my Gagari deck it's a lot of fun um no regrets i really like with the inclusion of luxior from duke of penna putting it in there and just turning my planeswalkers into beaters which foreshadowing you know we might talk about this a little bit later but planeswalkers being creatures is kind of awesome just gonna yeah. say that yes oh um, i love smack in face we have a lot of yeah. Planeswalkers being creatures coming in the near future. Yeah. So you want to talk a little bit about your second deck? Yeah. So this one's pretty simple. The next one's also pretty simple. So my next one is Gishath Dinosaurs. Um, but I built it a little bit different than I think most people would build it. So one thing that I did right out the gate is I knew I wanted Kahira the Orphan Guard as the companion. I like the more simple companions. I like the non-busted companions, and I think Kahira is a really good example of that. Putting a stipulation that each creature card in the deck has to be a cat, elemental, nightmare, dinosaur, beast makes it a little harder to work with that. And Not then too much harder, though, because it's a dinosaur deck. It is a dinosaur deck. I did. Ha there are quite a few, uh, I can't remember if they're humans, but non-dinosaurs that help dinosaurs from Ixalan. Yeah, um, discounts and stuff. Right. 
but the the thing that I saw is I went, I'm in green. I have access to mm-hmm. all the green ramp. There's no, and I even threw in some pretty powerful ramp spells just in case, just to, they're, they're dinosaurs are big. So I was like, it is nice to normally have the reduction in cost. Cause a lot of those, those guys do reduction. So I put things, I've got like growing rights at Itlamok in here, carpet of flowers in here, coat of arms, uh, not coat of arms. What's the one that reduces it by two? Swear to God, I had one that reduces it by two. I don't know. But there was a lot of non-creature stuff that I put into. Oh, I, I also put in a jeweled lotus and a mana vault to kind of balance that out. But it was fun because I immediately looked at the deck and went, all right, cut everything that's not a dinosaur. Yeah. Now that's definitely a bonus too. It makes your, you know, your cuts when you have 120 cards a little bit easier. Oh yeah. Uh, fun fact. I also, I also put wilderness reclamation in there. I think that might come out just because I'm not really doing things on other people's turns. I'm not sure yet though. Yeah. Having the, the extra mana, even though it, you know, only untaps on the first turn, it's still pretty good. It is uh, true. And it turns on things like Boros charm and heroic intervention without me having to keep up mana. Yeah, some of your interaction, even some of your instant speed ramp and stuff like that. You know, if you draw it later in the game, whatever, it feels less bad to cast mm-hmm. it on a bonus turn. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, fun fact, uh, these two decks both have the same number of lands because um, Planeswalkers also cost a lot in some instances, which yeah. is 37. I tried, Matt. I tried to keep the dino deck at 38, and I couldn't do it. Disappointed. I was so proud of you. I don't think I've ever seen you submit a deck to me that had that many lands in it. I was so happy. I, I, I couldn't. Um, another. So, one thing that was hard for me in this deck too was was going. All right, I have my fun. Right, I built all dinosaurs. There are nothing but dinosaurs. I got Kahira. Now I'm gonna have to actually start to like work on the deck. And one of the things that I did was I went all right, maybe all the fight spells aren't as good as I'd want them to be. Yeah. The, I think a few are fine, especially ones that are one-sided where you're dealing damage. So, so the, the, the big one that I kept was Primal Might. Just, just because you can pump it. Yeah. And then it fights. But other than that, I mean, I did put a lot of the choice ones in. I think Austere Command in this deck is incredible and then obviously i threw in the farewell yeah farewell's solid modal removal yeah austere command's just really good because obviously the dinosaurs in 90 percent of cases the dinosaurs on the field are going to be mana value four or greater yeah so you can clear you know tokens any lesser dork stuff like that i also fun thing about this deck is it is the first commander deck i've built with a battle in it yeah which the, one? The invasion of Ikoria, the one that's a dinosaur on the back. Yeah, typical. It's not just any dinosaur. It's the dinosaur that was revealed in Ikoria, but never actually got a card in Ikoria. Yes, yes. It is the apex of Ikoria. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. So that's fun. That's cool. I did... I, I did, like I said, I did a little bit more work with this deck. I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make this one work. I know big stompy can have a problem with the fact that they are, they're big, you know, they're, they're big mana cost, big creatures. So I have a lot of things like 
the fetch lands in each color in this deck, the shock lands in each color in this deck. I, I typically try and what do you call it? I, I typically try and tone down the salt score on my decks. And this one, I did not. In fact, it's funny because this deck is, is, uh, it, it's a little pricey, but it's not too bad. It's, it's five ninety one, but the, the salt score is right up there. It's like right at the top of the peak at, uh, 35 just because it's it's running the fetches it's running the shocks it's running triumph of the hordes as a win condition it's running mana vault and jeweled lotus like i yeah. it, I, I built it as anaya big stompy deck should be built i i really hate the salt score that architect gives like one it's publicly voted on which is probably the coolest part of it that it, at least there's that democratic process to go into determining what salt score is mm. but at the same time there's so many goddamn plebs like, what's salty about fetch lands? Like, you're salty that you can't afford them? Like, guess what? They've been, like, the enemy fetches have never been cheaper. Like, stop being salty about that. You're salty about them playing rocks? Like, what? It's the same thing. Like, sorry well, you don't have, you know, a J-Lo. Like, and, but... and you're right. I mean, at this point, there's there's really not a whole lot of reason. Uh, For example, dude, Arid Mesa is, Arid Mesa costs the same amount right now as a temple garden. Right. That's, and no one cares about shock lands. Right. But fetch lands, you're fucking burning down the world. You know what else I did is I've got all of the pain lands in those colors because the pain lands are cheaper than ever right now. I've got yeah, the, and they're great. They come in untapped. Like stop playing tap mana. Pain lands are cheap. Buy them. Yeah. I, I have, I'm running the, uh, uh, a couple different check lands. I'm running the ones that check to see if you have two or more basic lands and the ones that check uh, if you have two or fewer lands. Those are good. Jetmere's Garden, like the, the yeah. new tricolors, the triomes, um, those are, are sub $10 right now. Yeah, I, I'm less high on the check lands that check for basic lands. The ones that come in if you control two or fewer lands or the ones that come in if you control two or more lands, mm-hmm. untapped, obviously, what be. Well, come in, but the the fe- the basics is usually what gets me because I do tend to run expensive mana basics. So I I will say it's not quite half. There are more unique lands in here than basics, yeah. but I I'm running what is this? A good number of them. Yeah, like thirteen basics in the deck plus evolving wilds. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Also, um, unclaimed territory, and then of course secluded courtyard from Neon Dynasty. Yeah, so good. One of the best uncommon lands ever printed. And I'm running the only uh, battle bond land I have, spectator seating. They should print more battle bond lands because those should not be ten dollars plus. Those should be in every pre. Yeah, there's no they're, reason they're so good. It's literally a commander exclusive land. Why right. are we not getting any commander deck? Yeah. No, it's it's like, it's ridiculous. Um, I did notice something. Oh, fun fact, there is a card in my deck that's not a dinosaur, but it is a dinosaur. It's Realm Walker. Right, yeah, Changeling, Shapeshifter. Yeah, that's it. Realm Walker's so good. I figured, I I didn't know this, but there are Shapeshifters that don't say Changeling on the card. Yep. And so something like Kahira would flag those. Yeah. So that's an interesting fun fact. I did just find my Kanjali Sunwing, though, and so I've got to take something out and put that in because that's too good not to play. 
yeah, constantly adapting and changing, shooting. It's something that, you know, never really stops with the commander there. Because one, there's always sets coming out. But two, you're always like, oh, I totally like overlooked this particular combo or this interaction. Or, hey, look, I didn't know this fucking card exists. Or I guess in your case, hey, look what I found in my box. Right. Well, and that's the thing too. No matter how like organized you are, like there's always, you know, oh, I forgot this box to organize cards or, oh, I'm going through like mine. I was literally going through my $2 under rares and mythics box to help my sister upgrade her deck and found the Kanjali Sunwing. And I was like, holy crap, you know? So like, you never know, even with organization, like there's, if they're, they're tiny little cardboard cards. So you're looking through a box quickly. You can easily yeah. skip over things. Yeah. Or maybe Definitely. just not even think about it at the time. I, I literally just finally got my hobby desk cleared off and cleaned and everything from the giant piles of cards in there. I gave up sorting because obviously that was never happening. I think a lot of them had sat there for over a year. So I literally just went down to the game store, bought a new two-row box and smashed them all in there. I wrote on the outside of the box, unsorted and threw it on my shelf <laughs> yeah that's what i'm gonna do uh, i'll worry about it later <laughs> i've got my i've got my uh like six box thing it's like it's the cardboard boxes but it's like its own little drawer you know right yeah um i've got that and that's organized pretty well for like commander staples and then the rares and mythics two dollars and under but i need to grab a couple just to throw all the unsorted so that my cats keep knock uh don't keep knocking them off my desk God damn it, Neo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, those are the two decks. They're they're not super complicated. They're a ton of fun to build. They're they're the dinosaurs one is one that you can ask Matt. I've been talking about putting this thing together forever. Yeah. And one thing I noticed about it right out the gate, besides the 38 lands, which I was super proud of you for, and now I'm slightly more disappointed about, but was that you have Polyraptor and Rampaging Raptor or whatever, Rampaging uh, Raptor, whatever. Marauding Raptor. Marauding Raptor. Yeah, so I just can't wait for you to draw out the first game that you play with those two. <laughs> yep, they hit the battlefield, and they are... And nobody wins! Let's all go home. Yeah, it is, it is the definition of infinite, infinite, because there is no May. Yep, unless you have a kill spell. Yep, it's, it's a rough one. Anyways, I guess, you know, you want to talk a little bit about March of the Machine Aftermath? I'm sure, I, I mean... I do. Yeah, go ahead. So the first couple stories came out. I read the one about Nissa. Uh, obviously, Nissa, the fairy, Karn, and Chandra are all on Zephyr, and they're all you know the plane celebrating and recovering from being you know brought back into existence in the place of the Phyrexia and defeating the Phyrexian menace. And you know, there's a lot of it was a lot of sappy bullshit. Not gonna lie, a lot of you know Nissa doing a pity party, you know, a few different things. But there was some good parts that I gleaned out of it. One which is huge, and we kind of got this from the big leak that we got for Aftermath and then some of the spoilers that came out today as a recording, but we're seeing Planeswalkers that are no longer Planeswalkers. Now, we're talking main storyline, big-name Planeswalkers, like Teferi, Nyssa, Karn, all of them. Just no spark. You're done. They See you later. Be a normal caster. De-sparked, as Nico Bolas would say. Yeah, and you know... It remains to be seen if that's going to be a permanent effect. I'm super skeptical. We kind of see Nissa develop from having, you know, mild animus powers still, which obviously she should still have animus powers because she was an animus before she was a planeswalker. But, and then, you know, not being able to commune with ley lines and not being able to hear the plane soul to eventually by the end having all that resolved. So, you know, and they talk about the unknown effects of detonating the, 
the Silex and the Blind Eternities and the unknown effects from Realm Breaker piercing so many planes and stuff like that. So there's a lot of shitty foreshadowing going on in this story, talking about, you know, there's obviously big things still to come that Wizards has planned, and there's a lot of recovery that these previous Planeswalkers are going through. So I kind of see it as, you know, they're going to do what they did with the Phyrexianized Planeswalkers and just redeem them, give them back their spark, and, you know, have some minor life lesson that they have to discover first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be super sappy bullshit, I'm sure. Um, they should have just left them all Phyrexianized, dealt with the repercussions, killed them off, let them be inanimate, at, find some other way in some other alternate storyline where they can recover them or whatever. That would have been way better than just turning around and coming up with some bullshit about Halo being able to fix them and stuff like that. Well, and here's the thing, too, is is what I'm worried about is because I'm like, okay, maybe if they're de-sparked, they're not going to be a huge part of the story. They're going to be stuck on these planes. And, you know, we'll see them every once in a while. It's not going to be like an every set thing like it has been. It gives an opportunity for some of the other planeswalkers we haven't seen a whole lot of to shine through a little bit more. But like you said, uh, they've already given Nisa back her powers. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some some bullshit. Okay, here you go. Just kidding. Everything's fixed. Planeswalkers can planeswalk again. They just needed to learn the power of friendship again. Right. And we, Kyle and I kind of talked about this before coming on, but, you know, a cool alternate storyline was if the multiverse was just, you know, shuffled, where these plane walker sparks, you know, obeying the laws of matter, neither being able to create or destroy, but transferred. And, you know, we're seeing new planeswalkers come up. We kind of, we see a monster in this story come through a portal. And, you know, there's brief speculation by Karin the fairy that, you know, maybe that's a planeswalker, but we really don't know for sure, that kind of thing. So just seeing, you know, new developing storylines with these, you know, the old Planeswalkers dealing with new Planeswalkers and suddenly rising power would be super awesome. We obviously know the next few sets coming out, going back to Ikoria, not Ikoria, uh, what's the damn pirate plane? Ixalan. Ixalan. Yeah, going back to Ixalan, going back to, you know, Magic Fairy Tale Land with uh, Will and Rowan, all that stuff. So maybe there's going to be something tied in there. Maybe, you know, they're going to be hunting down the spark. Ajani is MIA. Chandra, who also, I guess I should preface that. Chandra and Ajani are the only two that we know that still have their sparks. And Chandra is with them, with all the heroes on Zalfir. And Ajani is defarexianized and gone, brooding somewhere, healing, biding his time, recovering, whatever you want to say. And Chandra briefly goes, looks for him, and then realizes midway through her you know, journey to find him that, you know, he doesn't want to be found. He goes back to Zalfir to be with Nyssa and, you know, of course, rides in the nick of time to save Nyssa and, you know, through their, their soppy, you know, LGBTQ moment that Wizards is suddenly fully on board with again, um, you know, helping it's, Nyssa find her connection to the ley line and stuff. It's, I hate that they keep going back and forth on that. I really, and the, here's the thing too, is, is I really, I actually really liked it in the first War of the Spark book. It was like a, it was like, a, oh, like, especially with, like, her, Chandra's history, like, I didn't see it coming. It felt natural. You know, I, I, I liked it a lot. But once they rescinded that and then realized the backlash and Mage went back Chandra, to it, yeah. it, it's like, it's like, you guys, <laughs> like, you kind of tainted that whole situation. Yeah, why, why keep bringing this up? Just fucking let it go. Let them have some other connection rather than some budding romance again. Mm-hmm. 
But and they even like you know, it's a sort of stuff. They even bring up Chandra's love for Gideon in this the story, which is weird. Like, just fucking drop it, Watsy. Like, move on. Um, something that's kind of outrageous that I saw on a Twitter post today about it, and this is about the physical products for Aftermath, and I texted Kyle, but there it's a fifty card set. They're all fifty cards are brand new, no reprints. Um, the whole, you know, amount of cards per pack and the price per pack, that's a whole separate level of bullshit that I'm not going to get into right now because I'm sure you're all well aware of it. But, so, 43 of those cards have eight different variations. And then the last seven have seven seven different variations. So that means those 50 cards, there's 393 unique cards slash, you know, variations in the set, which is insane. Like, the set already itself isn't packed with good cards. I think, you know, off the top of my head, I think I could think of, like, five. One of them is, you know, the new Niv-Mizzet. There's in the new, not Nicol Bolas, but the new piece uh, on Capenna. Uh, Obnixilis? Obnixilis, Narset, and there's, like, a couple others. And the rest are kind of meh-flops, but just the fact that there's you know, only 50 cards, but there's 393 possibilities of getting one of those cards. And then, you know, stack that on top of there being fewer cards per pack and stuff like that. It, it's just, it's a ridiculous product. I don't even know why Watsy did this half-baked bullshit. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I, I I don't know how I feel about this whole set to begin with. To, to Going into it with the epilogue packs and uh, all of the controversy that's already around this yeah it's not even mentioning the bullshit about you know what he's sending the pinkertons to find the guy that you know leaked the initial product and you know we i mean that's been kind of beaten like a dead horse so but you know it's it's a wild world that we're evolving you know i'm definitely glad that my my personal life is becoming more chaotic and there's a lot of things up in the air right now that I don't have to be worried about this and it's making it much easier for me to be determined not to buy any sealed product from Watsy, you know, potentially ever again, aside from, you know, a pack here or there if I'm in a shop or something. Yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous. But anyways, you know, that that's kind of the, the spiel. Um, we got Kyle's, you know, super excited about his decks. They sound pretty great. You know, not necessarily groundbreaking, but unique in Kyle's own way. Uh, again, you know, Put that 38th land back in, motherfucker. Uh, hey, maybe. Better not cut it to 36 for that new dinosaur. I will come to your house and slap you. Maybe I'll take a look. Maybe if that fire inventions, maybe if I didn't take it out, maybe I'll take it out and put a land in. There we go. Fixed. Anyways, you know, just kind of a, a brief moment to talk about, you know, kind of podcast lifestyle with Kyle and I or tools we're utilizing to get this out to you guys, you know, just in case anybody out there is interested. So, you know, here we go. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. You know, as always, hit us up on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Casual Tutors. Please join our TikTok and our Discords. I want to interact with you guys on Discord, and I want to see if my memes are actually funny on TikTok. You know, I appreciate all the support. I know Kyle does, too. We want to keep growing. And, you know, the best way of doing that is just having you guys share with everybody that will, you know, stand to listen to you about it. Um, You know, but, you know, not much else to say on that front. We do appreciate it. You know, you guys are everything to us and wouldn't be doing this without you so anyways i'm matt and i'm kyle and we're the casual tutors thanks for listening <laughs>